Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Laura Bradburn and I am back in the hot seat after uh, what I believe was a very um, a very good show last week, Brian. Um, I understand it went very well. I, I did catch bits of it. How did it go? Yeah, it was really, really good. It was good fun. It was good to be in the hot seat, but I must admit, I'm glad you're back, Laura, just to take the pressure off on a Friday. Uh, it, it was nice to be there, but I do quite like to relax on a Friday, so I'm glad you're here to take the, the flack. Only too happy to do so. I mean, I'm, I might still rather be sitting poolside in Zante, but um, I'm happy to be here regardless. And we are joined also by Liam from Celtic Down Under. How are you doing, Liam? Good. You know, Laura, after last week's result, I think that's it. We have to ban you from leaving the country. I think so. You, you go away for one week and we lose our first league game in a year. So I'm blaming you. The only thing with that is Laura gets to blame for an awful lot. Laura, I'm pretty yeah. sure Laura got the blame for, for 10 in a row, failing. I'm pretty sure she got the blame for getting knocked in Europe last season. So let's not pin St. Marino in his group, please. No, no, let, let die. I mean, to be fair, I'll, I'll, quote, I'll quote what my wife said to me once. She said, the great thing about, about women is that they'll always tell you exactly why you're wrong. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, sure, sure. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll agree with her on that. Um, yeah. But um, in case anybody's wondering, your computer screen or TV screen isn't playing up. My camera seems to be wanting to focus on Lionel Messi's face behind me. Now, it's a beautiful face. Uh, I don't, I don't disagree with it. Uh, artwork by Stan Chow, by the way, if you're wondering where it's from. But uh, just in case you're wondering, that's why it's going a bit haywire. But we will get into um, the talking points today. 
first thing I want to do, um, Brian, Liam, I don't know if you saw it online uh, last night, but there was a lovely video circulating of a wee boy, I believe his name was Patrick. Uh, his mum, Natalie, put it on Twitter and he got, for his birthday yesterday, a ticket to his first ever away game for Celtic. So he's going to Leipzig. <clears throat> so I just wanted to say, don't know if they watched the show or anything like that, but from everybody at Axom, happy birthday, Patrick. Hopefully you have a fantastic time in Leipzig. Uh, I'm very, very jealous because I won't make it there. Uh, but uh, I hope you have a fantastic time and bring us back a win because apparently people can influence that type of thing, according to Liam. But uh... as, uh, as, as we say in Japan, Patrick or Tanjobi or Medetto. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're talking about jobbies, but anyway, that's fine. Um, <laughs> um, Brian, we'll get started with the strapline before we talk about much else. Um, interesting comments from Andy Robertson talking about um, his love for Celtic continuing, his desire that one day he might pull on the green and white hoops. Um what did you make of the comments? Do you see it as something that's potentially going to happen in the future? Is it something you would want to see happen in the future? I think I'd want to see it happen if you start a reasonable age and, and performance level. You know, I, I, no disrespect to Roy Keane, but I even remember when Roy Keane was coming to Celtic, I wasn't keen, pardon the pun, mm-hmm. time, because I felt like he was coming for a holiday and his best days were behind him. So if Andy Robertson or anybody else has made their money, does need to worry about where they're playing the career and wants to spend the last three years at Celtic and then at a good level, brilliant. Um, if they're James McCarthy and they're not going to contribute, but they haven't been a Celtic fan, I'm not that keen. Um, as it is, Greg Taylor's the best left back in the world, so I don't see why we would replace him um, at the moment. But listen, I think it's I, I think it's always nice when you hear players and other leagues talking about their affection for Celtic, especially when you know it's genuine. Um, but like any player, as long as he gets something to contribute, and he's going to do his best for the club, and he's got something to offer, then of course. But I, I don't like when, when players sort of use Celtic as a you know, last tick of the box. I'm about to retire. Let's say play for one big last move, and then move on. Yeah, um... I have to say, <clears throat> Liam, I kind of agree with what Brian's saying there and I had slightly stronger feelings on it because I think we've seen examples. We have a current example in our squad in James McCarthy who I think, while he didn't use Celtic as a ticking box exercise, he certainly came to us perhaps only because he wasn't good enough to continue playing at the level that he was playing at before. And, and I think it does in some ways devalue what it is to be a Celtic player when you've got young, hungry footballers here who want to play for the club. Now, I'm not saying for a second Andy Robertson should should pick Celtic over Liverpool. The guys won Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues and played at the top of the game for nearly a decade now. I, I understand that, but I, I think what Brian says there is, is a fair point of you know, it being a tick box exercise is, is a little bit degrading to, to the status of a Celtic player. Um, am I being too harsh there or do you think do you think there's merit in that? No, I definitely I think um that we need to move away from this idea of oh he's a he's a Celtic man, so sign him. Um mm. no. Is he a good enough player? I mean a a good example, right? One which funnily enough I didn't hear this summer but you usually hear every summer is James McLean. Right, now James McLean is a well-known Celtic supporter. His um, let's just say that his political views align with a lot of uh, Celtic fans' political views, myself included. Um, but uh, you know, is he Celtic quality? Not even close, in my opinion. But you know, he's one that every every year or so you do hear a lot of fans very vocal saying, "Get sign James McLean; he'd be brilliant for us." But no, we need to get away from that. You know, with uh, with Ange coming in and becoming the manager, our horizons have broadened, you know, massively. We're bringing in players from Japan, from the Russian league, from Israel, from you know Australia, Argentina. Um, we can look a bit further beyond than just Celtic supporters. I think. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think. Um, I think sentiment as we've talked about before I said it a way way back when, when Neil Lennon was still manager and it was clear that his time at the club was over I think sentiment has has led us down a, a less than healthy path at times so 
you know, I don't see this any different. Of course, I mean, we're, I'm maybe taking a too negative spin on it, Brian, by by focusing on that aspect of things. The, the bottom line is a world-class footballer is saying that he wants to join our club and, you know, it's nice to hear at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if he wants to join the club now. <laughs> you know, I, I, that would be a different conversation, you know, if we decided... <laughs> If I'm in Van Dyke, they said, hey, do you know what? Liverpool's lovely, but let's go back to the Gallagher. Listen, then, he's got a certain then, Greg Taylor to get off the team sheet, which well, I don't that's, think that's is the I was going to be a bit facetious he's the best left back in the world, but he's certainly the best left back in the team. He's been the best left back in the country by a mile. Um, I think he's been really good this season. Um, Not the best right back, according to FIFA. Did you see right, James, James Tavernier is the best player in Scotland, apparently? Aye, aye, aye. God. The, the, I can't even I can't even get in that route of the year or day. Um, well, I, I mean, if, if, if you want to know what I think about about FIFA, I will. Um, sorry, please pay me a five, and I'll give you a box that may or may not have the rest of my comment in it. Please comment some reserve for behind the paywall. I, I should state at this point, Axon will remain free to anybody who wants to watch it, just to clarify. Yes, um, yes. Uh, before we continue, uh, we'll get some comments in. Uh, Keith Oakton says hello from Plymouth. Hail, hail. I um, hope it's nice down there. It's usually nice weather down there. Uh, Paddy Lavery, unfortunately, says afternoon all from a soggy Ardoin. But uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, on, in reference to the Andy Roberts thing, uh, the Urban Culture says, if in the future he's still a good player, we should sign him. No, no harm in it. Oh, geez, I didn't even read that before it went up. Um, we will leave that there, but it does bring on an interesting point that we uh, we are going to get to before we um, move on. But uh, Magnet67 says, I'm a Celtic man, wish they would sign me. Um, interesting point there. Um, Brian, I'll come to you first on it. Um, there was a term used in that comment that... Uh, I don't personally like to use, although I know some Celtic supporters like to use and are entitled to do so. Um, but we've seen that particular term weaponised against us allegedly this week. Um, former Rangers player, current Kilmarnock player Kyle Lafferty has been videoed um, responding uh, less than kindly to um, a Celtic supporter winding him up when taking a photograph. Now, I should stay at this point I don't have any particular interest in, in being the type of person who takes the mick out of somebody for giving you their time for a photograph like that. Having said that, I, I think the response, if it proves to have been what we think was said in it, um, I think it was over the top. Um, no, not just over the top, absolutely bang out of order. And I think in certain quarters it would be treated extremely differently if it was the other side of the fence. Brian, you had some thoughts on the Kieran Laff- uh, Kyle Lafferty incident that you wanted to to discuss. What what were your thoughts on it? Well, just like what <clears throat> a couple of things. I always refer to him as Kyle Lafferty because that's what it did for me. See his career because um, he's <laughs> rotten. But I think the thing about it is right. So first of all, I hate that part of people going up and getting photos and then meeting a fellow person of just a photo away. Right? I, I think it's nonsense. I'm not a big fan of getting photos with someone anyway, right? But if you want to do it, do it. But don't be an idiot about it. So I don't really like when people do that at either side. Scott Brown said it a million times. Yeah. It's nonsense. However, for to come out with that response is stupid, um, to say the least. Now, out with what he said, why he said it, any of that stuff, it's the lack of media attention on it that's killing me. In a week when Celtic fans have been slaughtered, called disgusting, you know, called called horrible, called filth in the media, fragrantly, you know, there's a guy who's using language like that, and yet it feels like it's not it's not a, a, a big story because yeah. in Scotland it feels like that's something that's just said and we've on with it, and it's the same for for every term like that that's used on both sides. But the fact is that's a professional footballer in public, saying something like that. And it's in no way... I mean, I think he got one blurb on the, the BBC Scotland football and site, no the actual main news, nothing like that. Not not playing um, hate speech shocker or some sort of headline like that. And I can't help but feel that if that had been Callum McGregor 
in the same situation using a different word, then it would have been plastered all over the place. Now we've seen Piers Morgan, Jeremy Kyle, if anybody cares what he thinks, and some other, Graham Souness, and other people slaughtering Celtic for things, whether you agree with them or not, is it relevant? The fact is there's a complete lack of consistency across the board. And unless he's dragged over the coals and punished severely for saying that, it opens the floodgates because then Celtic shouldn't be criticised for, for, for using similar language. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I say I don't think the language is ever appropriate. But the fact is he's a professional player saying that in public. And if he doesn't if there's not strong action and strong outcry, which thus far there hasn't been, then it just further um vindicates that normalisation of that sort of abuse, particularly in, in, in Glasgow. Yeah, um, Urban Culture says, gotcha, you certainly did. This this live show malarkey is more difficult than you would imagine and uh, sometimes you don't get a chance to read things before you open your mouth. But uh, fair play, fair game. Um, Liam, I think I think what frustrates me about the whole thing, to, to touch on what Brian said there, is there are certain situations where if Kyle Lafferty had commented on the colour of the person's skin, if he had commented on the fact that the person had a disability, if he had commented on the fact that the person um, had any other sort of thing that made them different to him, he would rightly have been lambasted for it and rightly been pulled up over the coals for it. I think what Brian's saying and what I agree with is there's two aspects to this which mean it's not getting the same coverage as it would if those things were happening. One, it's it's a, a, a sort of derogatory term that's used for Catholics. And the other thing is, it's Kyle Lafferty, who is perhaps, you know, part of the side of the establishment who would choose not to cover this in mainstream media in Scotland. Mm. Um, I guess your thoughts on it, what, what did you feel when you saw the video and what are your feelings the same as Brian's in the aftermath of the whole situation? Well, to be honest, um, speaking more generally, beyond just the scope of that video, beyond uh, thinking about the, the media's attitude towards both Celtic and Catholics in Scotland in general in the last couple of weeks, um, you know, it's... Uh, it just underscores why I chose to walk away from a career in journalism back in 2006. Um, I was told by certain people who shall remain nameless, but names you will have heard of, that uh, a guy with a name like Liam is never going to become an editor of a newspaper. Um, that kind of thing is still prevalent in Scotland. It is still, you know, a, a daily part of life. Um, something that, you know, if we look at America, for example, People talk about the, the issue of casual racism, whereas a lot of people in America will say derogatory things about black people or Hispanic people without actually meaning to be offensive. It's just terms that they've grown up using and have become so widely known and accepted. And I think with this Kyle Lafferty thing, that it, now I'm not excusing what he said at all because it's totally unacceptable, but I think there is an element of that, that he has grown up in a culture and, he, and he's later played in Scotland where he's had it reinforced that these derogatory terms are normal banter. Whereas to me, it comes under casual racism. Mm. Um, and that's the issue. Uh, now, to expand on that and go into the people who have chosen to ignore that whilst weaponising everything that Celtic supporters have done in the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's just have a brief rundown here. Um Jeremy Kyle, failed TV presenter. James Whale, failed TV presenter and failed DJ. Piers Morgan, failed newspaper editor, who should probably be in prison, but that's another story. Uh, Nigel Farage, failed politician, now desperately trying to re resurrect his career as a media whore. Um, you know... What are we... If that's the kind of people that are slagging us off, I think we're doing something right. Um, I, Apologies I for my language there, but I couldn't think of a better way to put it. I'm sorry. I, I should probably um, just, for, for both mine and Brian's safety, say that we don't agree with everything Liam says, but... I'm in Japan, you can't get me. Right, anyway. <laughs> the, the thing is, I don't think... 
like a lot of guys in the, in, in the girls and the, the people in the comments will have grown up in Glasgow will, will have heard so-and-so say this so-and-so say that and general life and school sometimes it's between your pals at you know, Celtic Rangers game sometimes it's things like that I don't think anyone's sitting in the house crying because of something Kyle Lafferty says where the, the, the fury and where the show's coming from it's a complete lack of consistency in the media regardless oh yeah it's the, it's the, it's the coverage of it just, just to clarify nobody's you know we're not going to finish this podcast and cry into a chicken soup because of something you know a football off the command that says that's not what we're talking about it's the complete lack of attention on it especially given mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As Liam said, the, the absolute dog and pony show that's been labeled against Celtic, and it's not just been a minority of Celtic fans that are Celtic fans that sang that song. It's blanket. Celtic fans are disgusting. This behaviour, that behaviour. And it's like, well, let's all, you know, relax for a second. Michael Kelly, by the way, didn't he cover himself in glory either when nope. uh, uh, Kyle interviewed him, which is, is worth a mention. But so again, it's no the, I don't think anybody in this show, if you saw a group chat, you would know we, we, we're all fairly thick skinned. I don't think anyone's getting themselves upset about the phrasing. It's the lack of media consistency is what's inflaming the discussion today. Yeah, Michael, Michael Kelly and Jeremy Kyle in the same room. I'm amazed that that amount of ego didn't create a singularity. But anyway. <laughs> Listen, it's um, it's happened for as long as I can remember coverage of this type um, or lack of thereof. Um, I don't think us sitting here bemoaning it is going to change it anytime soon. Um, but we just wanted to highlight the rank hypocrisy that appears to be uh, continuing to be on the go with regard to to how it's all been covered. Am I surprised that it happened? No. Am I surprised at the way it was covered? No. Do I think it's wrong? Yes. So, but that's that's where we are in 2022, unfortunately. We've made a lot of strides in a lot of communities, quite rightly, but um, it seems there are some last bastions that still remain uh, uh, untouched, uh, and that's hopefully something that we can change in the future. I'm glad to um, see Bob in there. I thought, yeah, just when you started talking, I went, oh no, Laura's went rogue. <laughs> no, I did not. I did Wait, not. The, wor- the word was Bastion. That was what it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll move on to other things before we do um, for anybody watching uh, especially in the after if you're watching this after the live show um, I think it's in the live description as well at the moment on YouTube but it will be in the description after the show as well there are links to um, some uh, voting websites for the Football Content Awards Um, Axom are up for best uh, video content creator I think it is Uh, we would really really love your votes Uh, the the award ceremony will be in Manchester later on this year and we are up against some big content creators with with as much if not more reach than us so anybody who um, is in the comments just now anybody who likes watching these videos we would really really appreciate your votes Uh, subscribe and like the channel while you're at it down there Um, and also one of our contributors Natasha Miko uh, is amazingly up for I I shouldn't have said amazingly that sounds like I don't believe she deserves it I absolutely do (laughs) Um, she is up for uh, an 
individual award for her contributions and her content relating to um, women's football across a number of platforms. So um, we've also put the link for her award down there. We would really appreciate it. And I'm sure Natasha would really appreciate it if you could send a vote her way as well. It's two separate categories, so you can vote for both of them. um, And we would all really appreciate it. Hopefully we can get another couple of awards um, to add to the three that we got last year. Um, moving on to um, other topics, um, I just wanted to talk about the um, some of the, the points that we were talking about in the group chat this morning. Um, and Liam, I'll come to you on this first. Um, hmm. Joe Hart uh, has come in for a little bit of stick uh, following the defeat to St Mirren. Um, questions over whether he is demanding enough of his defenders in the box um, or or demanding enough of his defenders in general. I personally believe, as somebody whose opinion of Joe Hart changed massively when he joined the club, I think, you know, one performance where he concedes a couple of goals, um, in contrast to everything else he's done, is not something to panic about. But do do you think there's a basis there for some discussion uh, about whether he needs to do a little bit more? Well, I could go on a 15-minute rant about this, but to keep it short, no. <laughs> I really don't think there is. I think Joe Hart is a superb goalkeeper. He has proven in his time at Celtic what a superb goalkeeper he still is. And for me, if you look at the history of Celtic goalkeepers, they've all had little mishaps here and there. And that's not to say that I think Joe Hart was to blame for either of the goals last week. I don't think he was. But, um, you know, when when the whole team underperforms, the goalkeeper's an easy target because he's the one that ultimately lets in the goals. Um, but I don't think Joe Hart was at fault last week. And I think one of the big things, if you look at the great goalkeepers of Celtic history, um, you know, Ronnie Simpson, Pat Bonner, Arthur Boruch, uh, Fraser Pat Forster. Blast. Mm, right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they were all big characters. Big characters who could soak up criticism and if they made a mistake, they bounced back the next week even better. Right? Now, compare that to across the city. Uh, John McLaughlin has one shocker of a game for Rangers against us and... Uh, Suddenly, he's out. He's, he's, his confidence is shot to pieces, and they bring back a forty-year-old who's clearly passed it. Um, that, to, to me, speaks volumes about the character. You know that Joe Hart is going to come back next week and he's going to have a great game because that's the kind of character he is. He's not going to let it get to him, and ultimately, it's a blip. People have been saying that all week, but that's all it is. And unless we lose the next three or four games, this is a blip. That's all it is. Um, and it was bound to happen eventually because no team can go. I mean, God, even even the great AC Milan team of the nineties only went about eighteen months unbeaten in total. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's interesting an point. For me. Um, forgot to bring this up before. So Brian, before I come to you, um, Ax- only forty tickets left for Axom Live in Graces uh, starting in January. There are live shows uh, with tickets available. Um, if you enjoy the content that we put out, um, we will be joined by a former Celtic player um, who will be interviewed um, and there will be other um, aspects to the live show. Um, so if you want to get involved, if you want to support the channel by buying the ticket and coming along and supporting the team, uh, that would be most appreciated as well. So only 40 tickets. It's at Grace's in Glasgow and it commences in January. So um if that's something you feel you want to do, then we would most appreciate it. Brian, um, Joe Hart, um, I think a lot of what Liam says there is fair. And I I think the overriding thing that I have is, you know, one fly in the ointment doesn't ruin it completely, I don't think. You know, for for all the performances he's put in for us over the last 18 months, um, one sort of poorer defensive performance against St Mirren isn't one that we necessarily need to th- throw our toys out the pram about, especially when he's, he's certainly not the only one to blame for the performance at, at the weekend. No, absolutely right. So just on Joe Hart specifically, I think the, the problem with 
goalkeepers is if they make a mistake, you know, they can make ten saves in a game and like one in and they're the bad guy, right? That's just that. So the, the the criticism of them is is always a bit kind of un, not necessarily unfair, but it's one of the most balanced at times. I think in terms of the game against St Mirren, I don't think Andy can really hold their hands up and say they're the good game. I think you can really get through the team and, and pretty much say nobody was particularly good. Mm. And that's so rare for that to happen, especially on Durange. It's very shocking when it does happen. You know, like I think the, the, the game I think about is the two Bodo Glump games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first was it the first game against Livingston we were really poor, we get beat. Yep. And probably that one against St Mirren. I don't recall any even the game against Leverkusen where we could beat 4-0 I thought we played quite well and I don't think that was a good reflection of the game I couldn't say if even, even if we'd have got a point out of that game we deserved anything from it so it sounds like a, a, a weird take on it but the fact that everyone was kind of poor is probably better than just a few individuals having a bad run of form it just shows it was such an anomaly for maybe maybe it was the changes maybe it was just the way the game started Maybe it was, you know, St Mirren just figured out a real effective way of playing, which they obviously did. You know, I, 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 don't, I think it'd be unfair to single out any one person. That being said, during the game, I was... We'd been praising on the Friday, Moy. Hmm. He said the status he's going to, you know, he could really run the show. And I, th- I think he... I think some of the physical limitations of him in that sitting position were, were sort of shown. Um, but again, it's you know in theory, even if he had the worst game of his life, but I mean, you know, ten players in the bottom, we could have, could have dragged that through. But I don't think anyone was especially good. So I think it would be a bit fair, unfair to criticise Joe Hart. Not you can criticise him for for mistakes as they go, but I don't think you can criticise any one player for that result. If that makes sense, like I yeah. think he was culpable for the uh, Shakhtar equaliser. I would say I thought he could have done better there. Um, but and it's fine to criticise for one player or maybe they could have done that like like you know Kyogo and stuff were quite wasteful as well and we all love Kyogo so it's fine to criticise him just for certain things they do but I don't think you can blame a full result on any one person especially that result because as I said I don't think anyone was was especially good yeah um, Liam Brian raised an interesting point there, which I wanted to, to further on. Ange himself said that perhaps one of the mistakes of, of the game against St Mirren was the selection of the team. But when you actually mm. run through the selection of the team, you've got Dyson Maeda, Kyogo Furuhashi and Leela Bada up front, David Turnbull, Aaron Moy and Callum McGregor in midfield, Greg Taylor, Morris Jens, uh, Stephen Welsh and Tony Ralston, and then Joe Hart and goal. So uh, of those... 11 players, really you're only talking about Stephen Welsh, Tony Ralston, David Turnbull and Aaron Moy who would not be considered regular first starters for, for, for Celtic. So building on what, what Brian said there about Aaron Moy, do you think that comment from Ange was in, in direct reference to those players who don't regularly start perhaps being the wrong choices or was he talking about more, you know, a more fundamental change to the way that we were playing? I think he was just generally talking about changing too many players in one go upsets the balance. Um, Because those, you know, that team you just rhymed off, I could be wrong, but I think with the exception of Welsh and Jens, they're all full internationals. Mm -hmm. So their quality is not in question. Um, But that is one of the worst Celtic performances I've seen since well, since the year we blew the 10, um, to be quite honest. But in saying that, if I were a St Mirren fan, I would be very, very upset with the way the media has covered this game since Sunday. Because it's been all about Celtic failed, Celtic underperformed, Celtic don't have the, the, the squad that they think they do. Um, St Mirren came out, they were brave, they were aggressive, they had a game plan, they stuck to it and it worked for them. If more teams in Scotland did that, Celtic and Rangers both would not have it anywhere near as easy as they do most of the time. And there might actually be a decent challenge in this league. I think 
you do have to give some praise to St Mirren for this. And I really do. It's another aspect of our media that's just utterly shameful. Whenever Celtic or Rangers lose, it's automatically their fault. It's never, apart from in Europe, they never, ever give the opposition any credit. Well, uh, before I come back to Brian on this one, Liam, I'll, I'll pick, pick up on what you've said there. One one concern I've had about some of the media coverage that we've had is that, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around the way Ange likes to play his football. There's been a lot of discussion about the fact that we like to take quick throw-ins, we like to take free, quick free kicks, uh, we like to, you know, never stop. That's become our mantra kind of thing. Do you think that's kind of... That being so well known has also w- almost worked to our disadvantage. Do you think teams are clocking onto that and closing it down? No, not 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 that in particular, mm-hmm. um, because I don't think the faults in Celtic's game last weekend were in how quickly we moved the ball or how sharp we are with our set plays. It was just simply the team underperformed. Um, you know, the the whole we never stop. Right. If you look at, as an example, Jota's set, Jota's goal in the in the game against uh, against Rangers, that was the classic example of Ange's philosophy in full flow, and that was you know that was less than a month ago. Um, you know this whole philosophy where while they're still greeting about having a free kick given against them, McGregor's played in O'Reilly, O'Reilly's played in Jota, and Jota stuck it in the net. That is why we are the best team in Scotland at the moment. And one loss to St Mirren is not going to change that. Yeah, I don't think it is, Brian. I think this is probably just another test of, of us as a team and us as an Ange as a manager that he even said when he was covering the Sydney Cup over, over in Australia, doing some press over there, this is just part of sport. This is just something we come to ex- we should come to expect. As good a team as we are, we are going to occasionally mess up. It, it just, it, to be honest, it just makes the invincible run that we had a few years ago all the more amazing. Because I would say Ange's team is a lot more dominant in the games that they win than than Rogers' team was a lot of the time. But it was Rogers' team who managed to go that invincible run. So there, there's there's pros and cons to both sides of things. Yeah, and I think that. The- well, the thing about it is as well, you say it's one game, it went a bit south and they'll move on. I think Ange is in general handles things exceptionally well and he's every challenge we've faced we've sort of overcame. And I think he was right in what he said. He sort of said that if anybody was thinking we're the finished article because of how well we've done, this is a start reminder, we're not, and there's still a lot of work. And I kinda of love that take. Because I like the fact that we're good, but we're nowhere good as we think we are. We've shown we're good, and we've been falling over them all season. But you know, with good cause because we've been excellent. Um, so maybe this might be a wee blessing in disguise, just in case there was this attitude of complacency. Um, and you know, I don't imagine Big Angie's the type of fella you want to go into full time after playing like that. If I'm honest, I don't imagine no. that a conversation with the party, um, and I don't expect it to happen. You know, for for a while after this, um, I still, you know, there's still so much to be positive about, and so much to be. We've still had an, an excellent campaign, and I'm still confident. It's not changed my thinking at all. If either one nine now against St Mirren, I'd still be feeling the same way I'm feeling now. If you know what I mean, it's disappointing. <coughs> furious on the day, obviously, but the the, con- the wider context, we're in a great place, and you know. As, as Liam said, if we um, if we lose the next four games two now, then we start to wonder if there's things even change. But I, th- I think we're I think we're all right just now. Yeah, I think I think that's the the big point we need to take from it, Liam. Uh, what what Brian says there is I, I remember um, during periods of other managers' reigns where it was really going going Pete Tong for a want of a better phrase. You know, you think back to Tony Mowbray, you think back to the tail end of Neil Lennon's reign. Um, some other managers, you worried sometimes that this was the start of a bad run. I don't think we have that feeling with Ange. We see this as a blip, not as a, a, a sign of things to come. Yeah, and I think such such as the fallout from it as well, the kind of the hysteria, for want of a better word, in certain quarters of the media, um, that Ange is going to be ultra-determined to make sure it does not happen again anytime soon. 
Yeah, as as they say, I feel I feel for our next opponents because mm. um, they, they St Mirren may have have angered the angered the beast, so to speak, and uh, we may be we may be uh, seeking revenge against whoever the next team is. So um, yeah, that will be interesting to see. Um, talking about mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, the squad and the fact that we we couldn't really cope with the 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 number of changes or there's a suspicion that we couldn't cope with the number of changes. Brian, I'll come to you on this first. I think it brings home to us that maybe the strength and depth of squad that we thought we had is possibly not as strong as we thought we it could have been. Where are areas for you in January that you think, yeah, we need to bolster that to see out the rest of the season? It's a hard one because I think, that, like you talked on it earlier, but that, that team that started will beat most teams in Scotland comfortably. Mm. So I, I think it's just because... It was such a bad performance. There's questions of, are we, is the squad as good in depth? I think there is a drop-off in some positions, but I still think those positions are are well um, manned, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, I think, I've been a big fan of Stephen Melsh. I think he's, he's been a wee bit underrated at times, but he, he did struggle against yeah. um, the, the sort of physical presence of the guys. I, I- I would say that as well. I've been I've been a massive advocate of Stephen Welsh, and again, I don't think one bad performance is anything to berate the guy for. But I do agree no. with you. I think he really showed some of his um his weaknesses in that game. Yeah, that that sort of it was almost like the, the sort of new football philosophy of playing out for the back. The fans been quite athletic, quite pacey, good passers versus the old school of the big ugly striker just lumping the ball in. And you need to you need to be bigger and stronger. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to bring up Starfield. It's not to criticise him because he wasn't even playing, right? So <laughs> can't blame him for that, right? It wasn't his fault. But he does have a similar... Him and Welsh do have similar failures, I think. Or yeah. similar weaknesses in their game. Just in terms of that, they do kind of get caught under the ball a lot because they're not the biggest. Um, so that that's maybe a concern. But, you know, I think... I've said kind of consistently, no matter if we've got 22 players... That are absolutely world class. We should still be thinking what's next. We should always be planning. And I think, I think Postecoglou said something like he's planning for the next three transfer windows. He's got enough players in place. If someone leaves or something happens, it can be agile, and he's planning ahead. And he's always looking to improve. And I think when you play at Celtic, you should always have. You know, I I, I don't like um, when people we sign squad players. I don't see why you sign a player who should be better or as good as a player in front of you. The question, have we done that? I think Jens has been a good sign. I think he's probably, I think he's a bit more complete than Starfield and Welsh. So in that regard, that was good signing. But without our Carter Vickers in the team, all the centre-halves look a bit weaker. It's the same if you lose Callum McGregor for that midfield. It's not necessarily a reflection on the other players around him because they're all good players. But when that special player drops out, there's naturally a drop-off. You're going to have that in any team. So 
I don't mean to pee in your chips, but I think this, the, the squad's pretty strong, pretty healthy. But I, I do think we'll strengthen, but not because it's essential that we strengthen. I think it's just one of those things we're always going to do to keep the competition flowing. I mean, you saw, we mentioned Gary Taylor a few times. The difference in him since Bernabe's came into the club has been incredible. Whether that's been, he's just improved on last season as some of the squads have, or he's took that extra initiative to think I need to fight even harder for my place. We should always have that. Like even Juranovic, he knows Ralphson's at his back. And you know Ralphson's going to work hard. We always need to have these players. Um, there is a couple of weaknesses in the squad. But then that's why I'm just saying he's looking to recruit, he's looking to plan ahead. And I think that's really important to remember. Yeah, um, Liam, Ange made an interesting comment in relation to what Brian's saying there. He has come out and said he's looking to to strengthen in January. And, and while I think that's just a key part of any manager's job and something that I don't think we did enough of in the past, we've never really capitalised from a position of strength. I'm, I'm glad to see him saying that. But one interesting thing he did say was um, he said he's as much doing it to strengthen as he is to cover the fact that we might lose a couple of players. Um, does he know something? Well, does he know something we don't know? Are you anticipating that we might use lose some of our first choice as quickly as January? Or, or what's your take on his comment there? I think it's just a case of him hedging his bets um, because the reality is there's a World Cup in November um, we are probably going to have seven or eight players at the tournament at least. Um, you know, there are questions of, you know, could uh, could Matt O'Reilly get into the, De- the Denmark squad? Could Joel Hart possibly force his way back into the England team? I mean, who knows, right? Um, if Jota continues to perform at Champions League level, there's got to be, even a team as good as Portugal, they've got to look at him for their squad, if nothing else. Um, and if... Well, they can't course, call up Ryan Kent, so. No, no, no. Unfortunately, he's he's unavailable. Um, I I think I think his security tag means he can't leave the country anyway. But anyway, um, <laughs> you're on some shaky ground today, Liam. My God. Sorry, sorry. Uh, if Ryan Kent's lawyers watching, Liam's only kidding. Aye, aye. Sorry, if Ryan if Ryan Kent's lawyer is literate, I think you're making a big leap there, Brian. To be honest, but anyway. Um, as I was going to say, as I was going to say, we're going to get offers for whichever players perform well at the World Cup and could be the Japanese players, but it's more likely to be somebody like maybe Carter Vickers for the US, uh, as I said, O'Reilly for Denmark. Um, if, if those teams do well, and I think both USA and Denmark are good bets to get to at least the second round, Japan in a group with Spain and Germany is going to be a tough one. But traditionally, one of those teams bombs at the early stages, so you never know. They might sneak through in second place. Um, But uh, I think that realistically, we could get offers, big offers for some of these players. And if we do, then that's where Ange brings in the quality. But the good thing is, if you, for example, buy a player like Kyogo for, what was it, three and a half or four million, something like that, an offer that we get for him if he has a good World Cup is going to be probably in the 15 to 20 million bracket. And I think mm-hmm. Celtic would actually want more than that to let him go mid-season. Um, in which case, you can then go back to the J-League or go to another lesser-known league and hopefully dig out a similar gem for a similar price, but you've now got four times the money. So you can go and do that with four, three or four other areas of the team as well. Um, and that's where this global market that Ange has opened up for us really works to our advantage. Yeah, um, it's it, it's going to be interesting because I think I think a lot of clubs are going to face that, especially a lot of clubs of our level. Um, some of our better players and uh, will be put on a stage like no other at the World Cup in the middle of a season, which has never happened before. So it's going to be just absolutely unreal to see what happens in January. I could see this being a, a, just in, in world football in general. It could be one of the busiest January transfer windows in history just because we all know what a, a good tournament can do for a player. We've seen plenty of players get big moves off the back of, of, of a good tournament regardless of whether it pans out for them. Uh, the one that always springs to mind for me is James Rodriguez at, at, in Colombia. He, he had a fantastic performance, I think, at the 2014 World Cup where he ended up at, at Real Madrid and uh, didn't work out fantastically well for him, but um, 
but you know he got that he got that move. Um, uh, Angelo Tyro says I am <laughs> I admire your spunk, Liam baby. I um I have to say. Mm. Um, I, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm a. Hmm. I, I shouldn't have brought that up. You and I saw you were going to bring that comment up. I was thinking to myself, don't just link it to Laura. Just read the full comment and read it out loud and see. But See, my brain doesn't work the way Liam's works, and I'm starting to learn that. We've only I mean. been on a few shows together. Some of the comments are yeah, very negative. That, that's highly positive. So, he's a big fan of yours, mate. Is that not usually the kind of thing you keep for your OnlyFans page, though? You know. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Acts on OnlyFans. I don't know if we're going to say for that. Yes. Oh, <laughs> My God, couldn't give that away for free. I don't think. Um, oh. Anyway, <laughs> this yeah. show is. Uh, <laughs> it's gone. Just, gone. To his, just to get us back on track. I want to pick up yep. something you were saying about the the the, the sort of. The sort of player model system we've got, where if you look at the value we're going to get for guys like Kyogo, mm-hmm. I've seen a few times that this is the thing that, and it's been used as a criticism at times, but as something I've kind of defended is we, we've sort of had this wave the past X amount of years of buying these players that no one heard of, trying to develop them and sell them on for, for profit. And it's worked some of the time. When it's worked, it's worked really well. But with a lot of players over the years, we could probably do a full hour on the players that we've signed that we've never heard of again. However, yeah. I think Andy's still working roughly within that framework. If you look at the profile of player he's signed, maybe Aaron Moy aside, they've all got insanely high sell on you know, potential. If you look at Matt O'Reilly, we'd have seen him for like, like a million and a half. Yeah, something like that. That boy's yeah. going to go for, I, I don't know, a huge amount of money. Like, Juranovic could go for a lot of money. Hugo, obviously, Abad is only 20. Jota. I, th- like, I think in the current day market, anybody who um, performs well at Champions League level could theoretically go for anywhere in seven figures. And by that, I don't mean £1 million. Yeah. Pounds. Comfortably. <laughs> and I think, like, Jota, like, if I be paid £6 million for him, for him, which is a big outlay, it looks like we'll fleece Benfica. You look at some of some, uh, his play at the moment. He's going to go for a large amount. So I don't think f- fans should be nervous or worried or, or sort of, you know, worried about these players leaving. Like, everyone that watches the show knows so much. I love O'Reilly, I love Fotati, um, love Jota. But if they go, I'm comfortable enough that the system's now working. It's so such an efficient state that we'll get someone equal to replace them. Whereas in past seasons, when Van Dijk left, for example, you were thinking that this is going to be a real lottery if we get someone good in his place here. So I think that just on the subject of player modelling, I think it's the same system we've been using. I just think it's been done right for the first time in a long time. Credit to Ange, credit to Michael Nicholson for that. And I think that if someone does go, I think that model is going to continue. And Celtic as a club need to operate like that. So even though there is potential players might leave, we're still in such a positive place that I'm considerably less worried about it than I would have been in previous seasons. Yeah, what do you make of that? Uh, Liam, it's a, it's a discussion that we have as Celtic supporters a lot, I think, of, you know, where our place is in the football pyramid, how we should use that to our advantage. Because I don't think anybody's saying in 2022 that, uh, that a team in Scotland is going to establish themselves regularly at the top of the European game. We can We can hope for a run every few years to the end of a European tournament, but I think we do need to accept that like the Ajaxes and the Portos of this world, a lot of our um, impact and a lot of our way of um, establishing ourselves at the top of the game is to develop this turnover of players. Do you think that's something, hopefully, that Ange is is carrying on from previous managers and will instill even further in the way that we operate going forward? What I would like to see, and it's, it's going to depend on a lot of factors, what I'd like to see is a wee kind of incremental increase in the quality and the level of competitiveness year by year um this year back in the champions league for the first time in a while ultimately if we get third place in that group and get european football after christmas i think we've done well right i i believe second place is very much attainable but third place would be definitely viewed as progress right um and when i say progress i don't mean that that luxembourgian team that beat rangers a couple of years ago um (laughs) Anyway, um, the uh, 
the main thing though is that to see the team getting better year by year and as these players move on hopefully for increasing fees as the quality level steps up we could get to a point where five or ten years down the line we could be like an Ajax or uh, a Benfica um, a team in a relatively smaller league in European terms but able to compete to some degree financially with the big boys because we have this model of bringing in quality for a, a, a decent price but then selling it for a higher price. Mm. The thing about that is as well, see, the, the, the thing with those teams, what they have that we've not had for a long time and which I hope we're getting now, you know how Ajax play. It doesn't matter who's in charge, who the manager is, you know how Ajax play. They've got a very yeah. set mode of playing. Yeah. You know, same with team like Benfica, you know, your Leipzig, Salzburgs, you know how these teams play, they've got a set structure. And if you're a coach coming in, you come in and you need to coach your team to keep playing that way. They sign players to benefit that system. And just yeah. creating a system that I think is highly effective, you know, across, and I think it will be highly effective in Europe as we move forward as well. But there's no point in advance when he eventually goes, which won't be Huddersfield or Brighton or whoever he's linked to but when he does eventually move on, if we maintain that system of play and sign players to fit that and just get a coach capable of keep delivering it, that's how we move forward as well. It's not just about the players. We have to be consistent because this is kind of the problem we've had with the academy is the fact that we've been signing these players to fit a manager's view and then he changes philosophy. So these players in this academy might not fit. Then another guy comes in and so on and so forth. So it's a bit consistent. I think you're right, Liam, but I think that'll help longer term. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, that's for sure. Um, to finish off the show, uh, I want to take it back to to the roots <clears throat> of the club. Um, and I'm going to do that uh, and get your thoughts on it, guys, uh, once we play this video. This is a video um, that Colin Watt, one of our regular contributors, one of the OG contributors to Axom, um, shared in the group. He is part of Greenock CSC and shared a very touching video with us uh, in the group chat for Tubawari um, Nursery School in Rwanda. Uh, the CSC in Greenock have basically built this uh, school from the ground up with funds from the CSC and raised by the CSC. A very fundamental part of why Celtic as a club was established. And um, I thought it would be interesting, you know, to put aside a lot of the, the other things going on in the world and just show people exactly what your money can do um, when it's put to the right places. So... If you'll give us uh, a couple of minutes of your time, we'll just show you this. Uh, hello, people in Scotland. Uh, this is Aiden Tjamsima. Uh, as you can see, this is our school, Tualelasan Primary School. Uh, the school has got 225 students. Uh, currently, they are in their old days. Yeah, we hope to resume very soon. Uh, as you can see, those are our blocks, classroom blocks, yeah, including nursery section and the primary section. That is primary one, primary two, primary three, primary four, and primary five. Uh, even some offices are there. Uh, uh, also, as you can see, these are house sprays for children. Uh, they normally use them for praying during break time. And we really thank you for your contribution. Yeah, that's really good. And we are so happy. We appreciate. Yeah, also, as you can see, this is our new tank. Uh, we use it to store water during rainy season. To be used in dry season. We really thank you for contributing. Yeah, that water tank is really purposely used. Uh, this is our playground. Uh, where our students do sports from. Yeah, we normally have sports during Wednesdays and Fridays, so that's where the kids enjoy their sports. And uh, there you can see the dining hall. It's still under constructions. Yeah, we hope to resume building soon. Uh, Delafour, we really thank you for your, your tremendous contribution. Yeah, we really thank you Keep on doing that. It's really a good heart. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. 
Um, Liam, I'll come to you first on that. I think the thing that strikes me about that video more than the um, the buildings that we saw, the playground, the the water tank, the the dining hall under construction, is the number of times that the man who filmed it said thank you. These yeah. people really, really appreciate what 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 people are able to do for them, and I know that we are all facing. Uh, a cost of living crisis in this country. Um, there are hard times for people across the world. But how fantastic is it that, that a group of people brought together by the club that we support, by the, the club that was built on foundations like this, can make a difference to people who are so much in need, like, like the people of Rwanda there? This is why people like me are born Celtic supporters, but why we stay Celtic supporters. Things like this make you so proud to be associated with this club. Um, it's it's incredible um, what our support can do. And I've got to say, when I saw that video, I was amazed because considering what I'd seen, what little I've seen of Rwanda on the news and whatever and previously, that is a beautiful looking place. You would never think that was Rwanda based on what the what the news tells you. You know, it's incredible what um what some hard work and some very charitable efforts from from some people in Scotland can do and it's uh, yeah all credit to the the people who made that happen and all credit to the guys in Rwanda now who are still making it happen yeah um Brian I have to say when I when I read it it's very easy um to get caught up in the modern day of being a Celtic supporter and the modern day politics of it and the and the worries about um tactics and players and competitions and who was right, who was wrong, refereeing decisions and all that. But this just kind of overshadows all that, doesn't it, when when you can be part of something that can make such a difference in people's lives? It's absolutely beautiful. You know, football fans in general are criticised for, for for a lot of things, but safety fans never get enough praise for the, the good work that goes on. And, and I, 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 you know, I don't think there's loads of clubs over the world with support who is so proud of our charitable roots that they go out their way, you know, for the guys and in, in lassies at the Greenock CSC to, in this cost of living crisis, do this sort of work and, and raise these sort of, you know, charitable endeavours. It's just incredible. And it's the same, it's the same sports clubs all over the place. And it's, it's, it's something that never gets spoken about enough. Sadly, again, it doesn't get spoken about the media at all. But it is, um, Absolutely incredible, and it's is um, as Liam says, it's, it's the reason you, you you're so proud to be a Celtic fan because stuff like that is incredible, and, and yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. I'm, I'm glad Colin shared that because it's a great piece, and um, hopefully that's a, a nice start to people's weekends where you can sort of feel proud of the colours you wear and, and why we wear them. Very proud of the colours you wear and very appreciative of the circumstances in which you find yourself, I think, that, that other people don't have the have the privilege of. Um, Liam, yes. I guess the only thing that, that also struck my mind uh, with this is, and I know Celtic have the Celtic Foundation, which is the official arm of the club that, that, that supports charity work, especially in the local community, which which is in some places as in need as anywhere. But I guess the question that, that raised my mind was, this was done by a group of people come together because of Celtic, but entirely separate from Celtic in terms of mm. it was a Celtic supporters club. Uh, they raised the money, they, they donated the money, they organised all of that. Do you think the club perhaps needs to get back to their roots a little bit more and do a little bit more for, from the charity point of view? Are they doing everything they can in the modern day to, to support projects like this or would you like to see them doing a little bit more? I think they definitely need to do more. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to end on a negative by having a go at the board, but the board are very good at attaching themselves to charitable projects that they did not initiate. You know, if you think back a few years ago to the Thai Tims, um, that was a Celtic supporter in Thailand and his family who set that up, right? Um, Celtic themselves were very quick to get involved with it and invite the, the kids over to Celtic Park, whatever. And that was great, but... The club ultimately did not make that happen. It was this this individual with a vision who made it happen. Um, other great Celtic supporter charities, you know, like like Colin uh, was talking about with the Greenock CSC, 
Um, I've read numerous stories about other CSCs that have done similar. Uh, the Green Brigade have got their annual food drive, I think, at the next home game. Um, funny how the media won't talk about that, but they'll talk about banners all day long, isn't it? Um, mm. in, a, in, in a time of a cost of living crisis and a food bank crisis, um, you would think that a group of people coming together to get as much money and food together to help the hungry would be far more important than uh, some banner that offends a few rich people, you know, but anyway. Uh, no, I think the club can do more, absolutely. And uh, I'm not going to get political about it, I'm just going to say that. Yeah. If anybody no, I... wants to see Liam getting political, just follow his OnlyFans. Big Liam We'll put the link in the, the comments. Right. <laughs> uh, I most... Uh... OnlyFans as a platform is used for a lot of things, but uh, yeah, I've never seen that before or heard of that before, I should say. Uh, that's no. interesting enough. But it's it's been a very interesting show. Um, whether you whether you'll ever see the three of us together again is not up to us, so we'll see what happens. But uh, If I get back tomorrow, it's been nice knowing you. Every <laughs> Um, Brian, Liam, thank you for joining us thank you everybody in the comments it's been a fantastic show, we've really enjoyed it don't forget to get your votes in for us um, and get your tickets for the live show if you can Um, Liam, Brian, thanks very much for joining us and we will see you again very very soon and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.